Welcome to Rough Drafts, how God writes his love in our stories, a podcast that explores the faith journeys of our friends and neighbors in Burns, Tennessee. Everyone has a story to tell. And in this podcast, we'll hear powerful and inspiring stories of how God works in the ordinary lives of people like you and me. Our stories are unfinished and perfectly imperfect. They're just rough drafts, a glimpse of what is to come because God is still at work, writing plot twists, introducing new characters, and bringing good even from the most challenging circumstances. Join us as we see what God is up to in our stories. Here's your host, Matthew Hyatt. Today's guest is one of the first people that I would call in the event of a zombie apocalypse or if a Chinese attack because I think there is nothing that this guy can't do. Uh, he has fire training. He has medical training. Uh, he basically has his own farm, as best I can tell. He is a dad. He is a teacher. And he knows how to do all of the things that I don't know how to do. Uh, but he's got a really cool story to share with us today, too. Justin Dawson, welcome. Hey, how are you? Better than you. <laughs> yes, uh, super nervous. You you don't look happy to be here. Well, I'm just not interesting. You know, uh, I, I've, like I said earlier, I have listened to all the previous podcasts you've put out. And we were, uh, my wife and I, Susan, were actually driving to Memphis and we started listening to them. And about Jackson, I would say, I decided that I didn't want to do this anymore because everybody was way cooler than anything that I had ever done as far as having such an interesting story because. I mean, I'm pretty boring um, for the most part. I've kind of had a really easy life, uh, real, really, really great childhood growing up. Never, uh, never got in a lot of trouble. Um, was really involved in a youth group growing up. Um, went to White Blood Church Christ, and Alan, Marsha Griffin, okay, were our uh, youth leaders, and they're they're we're their family anyway. They're uh, I'm I'm related to Alan Marsha. But but I was like my second dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he married Susan and I. Drove to Michigan and to marry Susan and I. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's dedication, right? Yeah, so, I don't like anyone. Uh, ordinarily, to to you don't want to drive to Dixon to marry somebody, that's but right. uh, Montgomery Bell's too far. You know? yeah, yeah, so uh, he 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 and Marcia packed up and drove all the way uh, about an hour north of Detroit to marry Susan and myself. And, how, uh, how did you and Susan end up together? Uh, she chased me down, man. Did she? she really did? Yeah. Did she? No, not really. Okay, I didn't no. think so, but no. Uh, we met in college. Okay. Yeah. So um, I got out of high school. Uh, initially, wanted to be a vet of all things. Really? Yeah. And uh, you know, God has a great sense of humor, and uh, the irony of everything is that uh, I hated chemistry. Okay. So I didn't really go down the vet route, and I went and got my degree in ag business. Okay. So I can like tell you how to grow corn and sell it for you. Yeah. And then now I'm a fireman, obviously. So uh where you actually have more applied chemistry than you Yeah, and my side my my side job is I fly around the country teaching chemistry <laughs> uh to to firemen. So uh yeah there there's the irony in the the funny part of the story on that is okay, that's how things like come that because full Leslie's circle. Going to leave me for you. You know you it, it's just well no she's she's way more in depth than I do. I do like what I call like street chemistry stuff. So so, I'm more like, hey, Leslie, if I mix these two cleaning supplies, how quickly will we all die? Yeah, you know, right. that, that's sort of sort of our question. Um, but I went to I went to MTSU and uh, met her first class, first really? semester, 
and uh, just we just hit it off. Time. We just became friends. Yeah. Well, I think it was for me. Like I, I loved her right out, uh, right out of the gate, but I think she was more along the lines of just trying to get me to leave her alone. <laughs> you know. Uh, so finally, she I wore down. And uh, how many restraining orders? Four. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Four that I can talk about. Uh, the gag order is still in effect on the other. Yeah. I Three of them. That's right. Um, That's but right. anyway. <laughs> yeah. So no. Uh, so that was um, that was back. We met in '97. So yeah, it's been a it's been a while. Married in 2000. I always like uh, I love that I got married in 2000 because I can never I can always remember how many years I've been married. Yes. So that's perfect. Yeah, we have to do math on ours. Oh, it's yeah. really problematic. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should have waited. <laughs> we we well, should have gone back in time. I think. Right. Okay. You know, or maybe we should have waited to 2010 or something that way. Yeah. At least easy math. Uh, but yeah, we uh, we dated for quite a while. We were we were just friends. You know, we were we were friends for a year or so, and then really started dating and, and got serious. And uh, you know, the rest is history. Four four kids later. Uh, and there was a lot of struggle with that, but we'll, I'm sure we'll cross that bridge here in a second. Sure. But, uh, it was, uh, it's, it's been the absolute best thing that has ever happened to me because I feel real confident if I had not married Susan, I would have probably ended up like in jail or something because she is the one that keeps me grounded all the time. She's like the complete opposite of everything that I am. I'm more of like high speed, wound tight all the time. Um, just pinging back and forth and she's just chill, you know? And so when she's chill, but she has an amazing sense of humor too. She does. Yeah. And I have, uh, she's been around, you know, fireman for 20 plus years now and our sarcasm. And so it's, it's rubbed off. It's really, it's really turned into something great. The only problem is, is our, our children have it too, but their, their timing's horrible. (laughs) So anybody that the five people that are listening to this, um, don't be afraid to smack them upside the head when they when they say something sarcastic to you because they're trying to be funny, but their their timing's horrible. We're working on it. You know, you know, it's funny. I remember the first time I was a camp counselor for like middle school boys, and they're all insulting each other, and they're just doing such a bad job of it. And I realized without meaning to, I started trying to teach them how to get better at being mean to yeah. each other. That's probably not the role I'm supposed to yeah supposed uh, to play here. I have an uncanny ability for for sarcasm, but my sarcasm sometimes can go a little too much because I mean, like I. Basically, I spent a third of my life um, with seven other guys. Actually, yeah, there's there's ten total, but you know, at any point, there's seven of us together. Yeah, and uh, we're all the same type of personality, and we're all you know, when 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 it gets to uh, you know, kind of getting on each other, it's, it can get pretty vicious. To the point, my uh, Susan does tell me a lot, like you know, you, you've got to have a filter, <laughs> like that's the word, you know, like the yeah. safe word, like she's like filter and. Uh, I'll bring it back, but yeah, there's something in uh, first responder types. Uh, you guys tend to have a um, gallows humor, a dark sense of humor, which I absolutely love. Yeah, that's the way we cope. Um, there's so many times, like I, I've always said, you know, that I, it's funny that when I talk to people and they find out that I'm a firefighter, um, they'll always be like, "Oh, I love watching Chicago Fire," and you know, this that's the greatest show ever. And I've never watched it. Yeah, um, you know. Uh, well, bits and pieces until I find out that they're not sarcastic and mean to each other. Yeah. And so I turn it off because it's, it's not the real thing, you yeah. know? And, uh, I mean, I know it's not a good show to watch at all. Probably like rescue me. Yeah. It's probably the closest thing to an actual firehouse as far as like them being just mean to each other. Yeah. 
Um, I've had family members tell me like, I, I would get on them hard enough, you know, joke, jokingly starting out and then they'd be like, Hey man, you're, you're mean. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I, you know, sorry, wrong, Dial it back. wrong place, wrong, wrong place, wrong time. So how did um, you end up doing firework? Man, it, it was, um, I got all the way through to my senior year in college and, uh, I, I knew about two years into college that this was something I was interested in to the point that I, I dropped out of college for a semester, which I thought my parents were going to kill me. <laughs> um, cause my dad was so adamant about me getting a degree. He, he, he had fought and fought and fought, uh, through his job because he didn't have one and he, you know, just wanted the best for me. And, uh, so he was like, you're going to college. You don't have a choice. It's either the military or college. And uh, so I chose college. And so I got about two years in, realized like, yeah, I'm not going to be a vet. But man, the fire department sounds like a pretty cool gig, you know. Uh, great schedule, good benefits, pretty fun job, you know, yeah. kind of exciting. And so uh, I came home and told him I was going to drop out of college and go to EMT school to be an EMT. And they like blew a gasket. Yeah. And, uh, but they got, you know, cooler heads prevailed and I think my mom stopped my dad from choking me out and, uh, I ended up going to EMT school, loved it, yeah. got out and I, I was like, well, I'm this close. I'm going to go ahead and obviously finish college. So I went back to school in MTSU and, um, got all the way down to my senior year, happened to run in to a girl I knew in the lobby of the ag department and was like, she had a, a, a union firefighter shirt on. I'm like, who do you know that's a fireman? She goes, my dad. I'm like, no joke, really? You think he can get me a job? She goes, I don't know. Yeah, he got me a job. That's uh, Yeah, he got me a job at, at, I started at Murfreesboro and worked there a few years now, went to Nashville. Just family, you know, like, that's the only way I, kind of like getting hired at Nashville sometimes is kind of like the mob. Uh, uh, you got to know somebody. Yeah. You know, it's not like you can just walk off the street most of the time. So I just happened to know family who knew family who knew somebody and I got a job and that's 19 years ago, you know, 19 uh, years. You don't have too much longer before you can retire. No, I don't No, I, don't. I can. I got a few more, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I, I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train, but right. And, uh, it's just kind of scary because it re- makes me realize I'm old, you know, I'm like, oh golly, I, every guy I've heard, ever heard talk about retirement's been old and there I am, yeah. you know? So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm close. I'm close. So you, had, you, you talked a little bit about life in fire hall. Um, you know, with the guys, you just have this fun, sarcastic, there, there is a real brotherhood in, in fire department. Yeah. I think that's, um, something you really can't recreate when you, when you see it on TV or, uh, you kind of got to live it, you know? And I think it's because we get put in bad situations every three days. Yeah. You know, I can, I can really say there's, there's not been a very many shifts that we haven't made something, uh, that wasn't, I don't want to say traumatic, but you know, you walk away from it and shake your head and you either, you either go, I can't believe we were just a part of something like this or like, I can't believe that that person walked away. I mean, golly, yesterday I was working and a road grader went off the top backwards off the top of the off of uh Brawley Parkway, the landfill. Oh yeah. The landfill mountain, the big, you know, like trash mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It started it lost power and rolled backwards off the hill and then went end over end. Ended up cutting the guy out, you know. 
But like when you're standing there looking around, you're like, how in the world does this stuff happen? You know? Yeah. And so I guess that that always being around that bad things, uh, tragedy, uh, it, it really it really brings you closer. It also makes you realize um, about what God does, man. Like you know, seeing seeing things that there's no other way other than the Lord's hand being having their hand on somebody and uh, and keeping them safe in like let's say a bad wreck or you can just see the way of the world man how how satan is just out and about and how he um he just still kills and destroys you know when he changes people's perception of things and he and he um he's just so evil and he's just everywhere and because that's the downside to my job is i get to see a lot of bad people do really bad things pretty consistently uh, to the point to where I, I, I I'm, it's kind of almost, I won't say a running joke, but at home, uh, and and Susan will even say it now, it's like they need to just ride with me for like a week, not a day, yeah. you know, but for like a solid week, pull 24 hours, come in with me. Because, uh, you know, it just, when when you see humanity at that level, how, how evil they can be to each other, and you just, you, you can't imagine, you know. Um, and we've, you know, you see it on the news, right? And it's, it's not that, I won't say it's not that big a deal, but we've come so complacent to it, to where I mean, we see a shooting. There's a shooting on every single newscast yes. of national news, yeah. And they don't even cover them all anymore. You yeah. See it and go, oh, okay, well, there's another shooting in East Asheville. Oh, there's another shooting in Antioch. Oh, there's another shooting. Oh, there's another road rage thing. Yeah, and and, and it's crazy that how. Um, complacent you can get to or just glazed over to the fact of bad things um, I'm I really I love my job but I hate my job yeah because it's taken my compassion away uh, that's the probably the biggest thing I struggle with honestly it's not going to bed at night or or uh, because I saw bad things I mean it's not it's not that at all it's never really bothered me uh, what bothers me is when I don't I realized that I didn't have compassion when I should have, um, that I didn't extend grace like I should have. And that's the devil attacking me because of what I do and how I operate. Well, I would feel it has to get really easy to get really cynical when you pick up the same frequent flyer that you've picked up 75 times. Yeah. Who's mentally ill or addicted or just plain mean because those are all different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's so many people out there that, you know, legitimately need help. And then there's also people out there that are just, you know, using abusing the system. And, and I'm not trying to tell anything that anybody doesn't know, you know. It's just, uh, it it would just be interesting. I, I really wish people could just ride with me. That I think they would uh, maybe get a little better grip on why I feel the way I feel sometimes about certain things. But uh, oh, we have jokingly called you the lifeguard of the gene pool some days. Oh, yeah, yeah. I stopped <laughs> natural selection, you yeah. know. That's what I do. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, it's just, it's always like some kind of stupid jackass stunt, you know, like off the movie and and uh, we stop it. Yeah. You know. Like, hey, so. if you didn't realize it wasn't a good idea to go shopping cart jousting right. during 440 right. at two in the morning. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, uh, well, I've made that stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, we make we make a difference, though. Uh, that's the cool thing, you know, like I've, it, it was so funny last Sunday you were talking about, you know, if. If uh, I forgot who was who was fixing to have a baby, who was that? Uh, Kayla. Kayla, yeah. right? So, uh, 
and you were naming people in the audience and I was ducking down like and turned my head and <laughs> and Susan was like looking at me and I was like I, I'm trying to in my mind I was thinking man I think I've delivered like eight or nine babies on the sh- in the street really? yeah yeah the last one was like in a Camaro at um in a mall you know I told I told the dude to sell the Camaro would never be the same <laughs> that's right you know or you got to um, keep it forever, and this is what the kid goes to prom in, and hopefully that yeah. has an effect. Yeah, just full circle, circle of life in your car. That's right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's crazy the stuff I get to do sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Um, what you've said already has kind of been interesting to me. I tend to think that the hard part of your job is, my goodness, you know, I, I see these horrible things. Um, your guys responded to Covenant. Uh, yeah. Your guys responded mm-hmm. to the Nashville, uh, the bombing, the Christmas bombing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think I'm hearing you say is that's the flashy stuff, but the hard stuff is the the grind, the day in, the day out. The yeah, yeah, the, the those big ticket events, those those low frequency events, right there. You know, we we are we are part of it. Uh, the station I'm at does all the really cool stuff, the the technical rescue stuff. Uh, the they call it urban search and rescue like structural collapse and then they'll do hazmat and uh, the hangle rescue like ropes and so uh, we get to do like if there's anything like super bad in the city oh, we're a part of it yeah so that's yeah I mean, and that's pretty frequent that something goes on that we've got to be a part of like that um, but yeah the the big ones like you said said covenant uh, Christmas Day bomb and things like that you know they're horrible absolutely horrible they're highly publicized so people know about them but day in and day out we make stuff all the time yeah you know and and to where you you generally sometimes you feel like you make a difference sometimes you get just like you really kind of get mad yeah you know like man i wish i could have done more mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes you can't yeah. so that's just tough you know to think that you know every the covenant thing it's news and it will likely change the future of the state of tennessee in terms of some legislation and stuff like that yeah but every day it's just as likely that you pull three kids out of three different cars from three people who are texting and driving or drinking and driving and because it happened differently nobody i don't want to say nobody cares somebody nobody's any the wiser you know you just see it on the news that it three people died in a car crash and the backstories, I, you know, I, I'm the one that ended up cutting them out and getting them out of the car or whatnot. And I, I and you know that they they were texting and driving, or yeah. you knew it was a road rage event, or you knew they were drinking, you know. Um, and that's the stuff when, when they're caught in somebody else's stupid. Yeah. So that, that's the stuff that kind of gets under your skin sometimes that you don't. Somebody you may have a little hard, myself and, and the guys I work with yeah. may have a little harder time dealing with. And that's where the compassion comes in, you know, where I'm like, I, I don't feel sorry for you yeah. when you do something stupid like this. You know, you, you brought it on yourself. And when I say that, I sound so bitter and so mean. And I, I'm not. I'm generally a very loving person, I yeah. promise. Um, but when you see it every day. Yeah. It's just hard. It is. It is. But I try not to make a big deal about it. I mean, really, because I don't know. I mean, it's. It shouldn't be. The more I make a big deal of it, the more um, it gets maybe emphasized a little bit more than it should, and it gets more publicity than it should. Yeah. And uh, I just don't just don't talk about it. I mean, how many times in a week do you do you narcan somebody? Four or five. You know. 
Yeah. And it's just crazy. That sentence, you know, oh yeah, I just Narcan four or five. I just saved four or five people from overdosing. And yeah. like, on one hand, it's, I just brought someone back from death. That's ridiculously cool. Yeah, that is. That is pretty cool. But, but on the other hand, it's sort of like, and half of them I'm going to see again next week. And that's really not mm-hmm. cool. That's the downside. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that just happened last week. I mean, we were making the same person. We had them three shifts in a row. Three shifts in a yeah. row? Yeah. So what they, do you do? They, like, how do you not just be a jerk? Because I think it would be pretty easy to be like, this is not working. Everyone uh, <laughs> it's not working. You know? What, what really intervenes honestly is is this day and time where you can't really i won't say have an intervention with somebody like where you're going like hey look man what are you doing to yourself you know yeah. uh, because there's so many people out there with cell phones and they'll spin it yeah uh, they're, they're videoing you the whole time um i get videoed every almost every single call really yeah yeah they'll they'll walk up ask my name you know start stating stuff on their phone um they're, they're just looking for a problem, you know, and we're just there to help. I can't imagine a situation where I needed fire and EMS and my reaction is, hey, I'm going to video hey, video him on my phone to try to get him doing something stupid. Like, yeah. Well, we are prone to do stuff stupid, though. Well, so I can't really, can't really completely discount that. Well, there is, there is something that um, in all of us. But you just, I mean, you just realize that it's just, that's just the way of the world and that's just how it is. And, you know, only thing I can control is what I can control. Right. And, and, uh, and that ain't much. It's not, but what I can't control is is keeping them alive. And so uh, I do everything in my power to to get them back in because one day they may have one of those aha moments where they go, you know what, I'm tired of this. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna change my life. And uh, if I didn't do my job on the front end, then they would never have that opportunity. So one version I heard of this was that um, what we do sometimes is stupid and bad and harmful. But we don't want our mistakes to become death sentences. They're not capital crime. I don't deserve to die for being an idiot. Uh, I agree. And I thought that was kind of a, a helpful way when my judgmental side flares up to be like, all right. So that would have been my teenage years. You know, I would have been gone. <laughs> That's you know? right. Wouldn't we all? Yeah. Because, I mean, I, like I said, I grew, up in a, I grew up in a great home. My mom and dad, we always went to church. I mean, we you know went to church every time the doors were open. I was super active in a youth group. I mean, I had Alan Marsha always around me. Uh, it's just being just great counsel, you know. I mean, there's nobody, no telling how many times I've just called Al and asked him advice on life, you know, along with my dad. And um, went to college, and, and it was funny. Like, I grew up going to church and trying to live a good life out of fear because that's the way I thought it was supposed to be not love, grace, and joy. Um, I was always so afraid that I was going to do something wrong and be banished to the pits, the fiery pits of hell, uh, that I didn't do it, you know? And um, I didn't know anything about about grace, yeah. really. Right. So, in, so that fear stuck with me all the way through pretty much high school. And then, you know, I just kind of, I don't want to say fell away. I've... It was weird. I, I was still in the habit of going to church, so I still went to church, but my mind wasn't there. Your body you know? was there, but your mind wasn't. Exactly. So I'm, I was doing no good, right? And um, just putting that false sense on. It made me feel good when I walked away. You know, like, oh, I went to church on Sunday morning. I'm, I'm good. You know, look at me. Um, but I wasn't there. 
Okay, this is a controversial opinion, but one of the things that I think that was kind of good from the COVID sh- church shutdown, mm-hmm. I think it made some people who were doing exactly where you were, what you were doing, you know, who were coming but not there. When they didn't come, I think sometimes it forced them to realize, I missed this, or I did Agreed. miss this. And I heard from some people who said, I realized I didn't miss it, and that scared me more than the fact, and then that that stems from I can I can see that, yeah. Um it wasn't until I met Susan and we were serious. Um, and, and really, really when we got married, um, she's just such a better person than me, really and truly. Uh, and um, keeps me really grounded, you know. Um, I owe everything to her, really, to, as far as where I'm at now in my walk. Because she was always an inspiration that the way she acted, you know, it was just super slow to anger and very forgiving and very gracious and very loving, quiet. Well, you can say all that you want, but uh, I'm mad at her because she stopped teaching in the public schools my kids were going to before my kids got to have her. Yeah, I don't blame you for being mad at her. I'm still mad at her. I mean, she's still a great person, but I get <laughs> mad at her. So, yeah. She is so good. She, she is. is so good. She is very, very very good. So how did you start to make the turn from the fear-based religion to the I'm here in body but not in spirit? What You talked about her helping, but what, what did that look like? I started finally maturing enough in myself to start studying on my own and, and uh, just expanding, like trying different places, talking to different things, being, being a part of different groups uh, that were not just associated with a standard Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night kind of people. Um, and it really opened my eyes up on on how awesome God is and how much he loves us and and how grace, man, you know, like how the forgiveness aspect of everything. And so uh, I, that is when it, it hit me, you know, that like there's, I, I've been living my whole life going to church because I've been scared to death that if I missed one Sunday or I missed one Wednesday, then I was done. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it drove me now to the point where I, I want, I really, 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 really try to make sure that my kids do not live in that fear. Yeah. You know, cause, uh, it took me 20 something years to get out of that. Yeah. And I feel like I was just, I was just so much time lost. Mm. Uh, now in the youth group, never felt that. Right. Ever. Um, one of the saddest times, I think, was we uh, we, le- we left, I left that youth group probably mid-high school, uh, and we started going to church in Dixon, and uh, that was probably one of the saddest times in my life. I remember in high school because, like, I had such a connection with people in the youth group and with Alan Marcia, and just not having something every, because we used to do something every Sunday night. Yeah. Like, it was... Every Sunday night, it was after church, um, you know, and had a little quick Devo, hung out together, and we didn't always have to go somewhere, you know, like... It wasn't fancy. Yeah. Just always, most of them was Alan Marsh's house. Yeah. And, uh, or maybe at the church building. And I just missed it so, so bad. Um, and as I got older, I had to have a job, you know, life kicked in right, you start yeah. growing up. And I wasn't able to be a part of those things as much because I was working. And uh, that really, really hit hard. And 
I, I, that's one of those things, you know, you, you always want better for your children than, than what you had. Yeah. Uh, there, that, that goes along. That's one of the few things, but like I said, I had a great childhood, so I can't really wish anything any better for my kids than what I really had because then they would just be like super sport brats, you know? <laughs> so. <clears throat> well, it's neat to me to hear the stories of connections that you've been telling. Uh, you know, you've talked about the connection to Alan Marsha and what a difference that made in your your faith. You've talked about the connection to Susan. You've talked about the connections with the seven guys in the fire hall. Um, and in church, so often we throw around the word fellowship. <clears throat> you know, we have an activity and we call it a fellowship. Um, but fellowship is such a deeper concept than that. It is. It is this, I can depend on you, you can depend on me. We help each other. It's it's friendship. It's not what what I don't like about the word fellowship at church is so much of what we do is superficial. You know, mm-hmm. we have a meal after church and we sit around and make kind of crummy small talk. Well, fellowship is um, Susan helping you become a better human being. Fellowship is the guy on your team that you know has your back no matter what. Yeah, one of the. I think the biggest draws uh, to this church is people being real. Yeah. Um, for so long, I've looked for a church. And I've looked for a group of people that weren't afraid to be real yeah. because most of the time, people are real Monday through Saturday. But on Sunday, they're a different person. Yeah. How you right? doing? Fine. Brother. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, how's your, how's your week been? Oh, it's been fine. And I mean, they could have had the worst week ever and they're just going to tell you everything's going to be okay. And, and the bad side on the, to flip that a little bit is, is that I look at them in the eyes and I can't tell yeah. because I don't know them. Right. And I should be able to walk in and look at you and say, you're having a bad week. Yeah. And I bet it's X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. right? I can already name the three things that are bothering you. Well, cause you could do that for Susan and you can do that for the guys in the fire hall. Right. Right. But we can't tend to do that for each other at church. Because we don't ever open up. We won't ever completely open up because <clears throat> I think we're so afraid somebody's always going to pass some type of judgment on why we are hurting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, the, the thing is, we all have the same same problems. Yeah. You know? So here we are. We're half an hour into this podcast. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. And the whole point of this thing was to try to be one other place where we learn to open up to each other. Um, you started this conversation pretty nervous. Uh, I mean, you're fidgeting with your hands and you realized yeah. you were doing it, you know, but right now you actually look comfortable again. I am. Um, and what we find out is it's not that bad once we do it. You're but right. Church, we just don't ever take that step of, let me tell you what what's wrong and what stinks. There's always that one person who tells you everything that's wrong. And then it's sort of like the rest of us don't want to be that guy. So like, I don't want, man, I don't want to burden Justin with my stuff. He's, he's got enough stuff on his own. He doesn't need to hear about what, what I'm struggling with. And we make these excuses. That, you know, have you ever noticed that if you did, and whoever is even listening to this, when you were in a small group, how close you get to people pretty quick, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of times it doesn't take very much, um, but it's got to take work on both parties that it's not going to be on Sunday or Wednesday. Yeah. You know, you got to go have lunch. You got to meet somewhere. You got to do something. You got, you have to be vested in each other. Once you get vested in each other, in your lives, then it gets real. That's why those groups need to be in houses because yes. you need to come to my house and see that the sink is full of dishes 
you know, you need to see that there's unfolded laundry in the basket by the bed. And it was there last week too. Yeah. How many times have you been to someone's house? And it was, if, if it was dirty, you're kind of like in the back of your mind, like, oh, thank gosh, they're human. Yes. You know? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad that I'm not the only person in the world that, you know, the yard's not cut every, every single day. Their grass grows too. Because the perception of life is what? It's everything's perfect, right? And, and that's what stinks, man. It's that it's, everybody tries to put a spin on everything, like how perfect life is when it is completely and totally imperfect. And the only way we can make it tolerable is just Jesus. That's it. That's what gets you through the day. That's what should get you through the day. But we have to be real enough to admit that. And we don't always like real because real is messy. You may say something I don't like or, you know, mm-hmm. or, or I disagree with you. And, and so we do this thing where we just sort of self-censor, where we don't really need we don't really need Jesus as much as those people do. You know? Right. Um, and it's crazy that um, my struggles, we, we always, I, I want me, I guess, back up, you know, we talk about sin and struggles and it kind of goes hand in hand, right? And so my sin is always different from yours in a sense because that's my perception. Yeah. And also, we have a horrible tendency to where we we rate sin, right? Yes. To where always the the top big ticket items for me are obviously something that I never have to encounter. Like you know, murder is really horrible, but I never have any intentions of killing anybody. Yeah. So I can say that, you know. Uh, but but gossips, it's not that bad. Yeah. No big you know? deal. No big deal. Right. Well, um, it's funny to me how stigmatized certain certain sins become in church. You know, even if you. Or trying to help somebody have a better life. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't be associated with those people. Yeah, yeah, because Jesus never was right. Yeah, yeah, he was. He he always was somewhere that everything was right. Yeah, uh, and that was sarcasm. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we both knew that. Okay. I just realized everybody yeah. else. Can I just you could realize that no one could actually see me in my face. When, <laughs> one of the fun things about the radio shows how many times we have made uh, air quotes and then realized no one could see them. Yeah, so, you know, uh, so yeah. much for that. Um. It, it's it's just crazy. Reality, vulnerability, honesty. Uh, I'm sorry to keep going back to the fire hall. No, uh, go ahead. Probably is a guy who has not actually experienced it. I have sort of an idealized version of this in my head. But to me, one of the things that guys who are in the military, mm-hmm. you know, they're in a team. Uh, guys who are in police, guys who are in law enforcement. It happens in some other places in society. They experience real connection, real brotherhood. I suspect a lot of what happens in a fire hall, while it might not all be the most religious thing that happens, is closer to fellowship than what happens in 90% of churches on any given Sunday. I agree, absolutely. Um, the bond you have. And it's, it, it, I'm sure it's not as uh, as deep. It may be as deep. I don't know. I was never in the military. But I was going to say of, yeah. of people that were, were in, a, in, a, in a unit together. But you can't get any closer than the people I work with. Yeah. Um, and, and I have that connection. Like when I walked through the door, uh, just yesterday we had to have a, um, after action review of the covenant shooting. Mm-hmm. So everybody that was a f- in the fire department that was part of that event was there. And so we all sit down and, um, I immediately look at my guys and I can go ahead and tell you exactly what they're thinking mm-hmm. and how 
some of them wanted to be there. Some of them didn't want to be there. Uh, some of them already were, they were just itching to say something yeah, to get it off their chest. And some people were like, look, just let me get out of here and get away from this. Um, but that comes with, like you said, just knowing someone, you know, being vested in them. To it. You can't do that. And well, I'd say an hour on Sunday, but that's not even fair because for an hour on Sunday, you sit and listen to somebody who's lecturing or leading a song or leading a prayer. What you really get is five minutes on the way in, five minutes out. It's 10 minutes on Sunday. Um, and we're shocked that we haven't developed this. Yeah. One of, you know, one of the best things is the Wednesday night meal ministry mm-hmm. has has helped so much do that. Yeah. To where you, you sit down and you, for at least 45 minutes, you kind of talk and hang out and find out about somebody's week and find out their likes and dislikes. Yeah. And be genuine with them. That's so big. You know, it may take a couple of weeks, but eventually, you know, you kind of break the ice and you start kind of expanding out and not just sitting at your table with your family and kind of bumping and moving around and finding out about more people. And uh, that that's, that's the stuff that this church does that makes a difference. Well, that keeps just, people coming back and wanting more. You described your relationship with Susan as you became friends for a year. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons you guys have the good relationship that you have is that basis of friendship. And what would it look like? That and she it? just, I mean, she just lucked out. Well, is that what happened? Yeah. Has it ever occurred to you God might be punishing her? Yeah, uh, daily. Okay. Like yeah. she was actually, But then she's so nice. Like, I can't think of like anything she really did bad. Maybe now, maybe she's paying penance for some of the stuff I've done, well, you know, like, and he said, you know, just you're guilty by association. <laughs> so there you go. Man, we've talked about fellowship. We've talked about kind of the dealing with cynicism, uh, compassion fatigue. We've talked about a little bit. Uh, we've talked a little bit about how your faith journey has kind of changed over the years from fear to grace and, and the spirit of God. Is there anything you want to talk about we haven't talked about? You got a, you got a good story you can tell me? Uh, you know, all my stuff's boring, man. All your stuff's boring. That's garbage. You it is, I mean, helicopters. Like, yeah, but I mean, I'm not the only person that's done that. So well, I haven't done that. But Do you think either of our other three listeners who jumped in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a, a brief, like I said, that was a, we were talking about this earlier. That was a brief stint the, there for a little while. The fire department thought it was a great idea to let people jump out of helicopters um, in response to like big events, like natural disasters. Yeah. And so we trained on that until one guy fell and broke his back and that kind of stopped that one pretty quick. So, so inconsiderate. Yeah, I know. Like I said, we called him Humpty Dumpty for forever <laughs> uh, and he, he'll still answer to it. That's, you know, it's he, amazing. That's amazing. But, uh, yeah, I made some pretty cool stuff. You know, I got to, like I said, the Nashville bombing, I got to be there. I was one of the first guys there for that. And, um, flood of 2010 was horrible man yeah um that was one of the few times that it got really really dicey there yeah uh, just that there was just so much water and it was coming up so quick and you go to houses and people were like no no we're not gonna we're not leaving you're not gonna get us and then you would come back in about 30 minutes and you're like hey you know we we drive the boat up to the second story yeah and open the window on the second floor and go you guys ready to go now you want to think about this yeah. one again cutting people out of roofs everybody went to their attic and then they couldn't get out of their attic, so we were yeah. having to saw roofs and getting people out. Oh, and I've read the horrible stories of Katrina where they would find people in the, the attics yeah. and they'd find like claw marks on the ceiling where mm-hmm. people tried and I just Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. They there was a lot of people that got out and got on top of the roof, which made sense to me. Yeah. Uh, but so many of them just went right up in the attic. 
Yeah. And you'd go by a house and they'd be beaten and you could, you knew people were there. Yeah. And then when you tried to find them, you could hear them in the attic. So we saw a hole and wow. get them out. Wow. Yeah. Crazy stuff, man. Apartment yes. complexes, hundreds of people, and you're just having to get them out four and five at a time. They're getting in fights on the dry ground, trying to get on the boat first. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was insane. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. You've seen it all. Quite a bit. You don't want me to say that because you think the universe is going to throw something <laughs> yeah. terrible at you. Like, yeah. Oh, don't say now, that. You know. Next, I'm going to call you. I work. I actually have to work Sunday. Okay. And I will probably text you in between services and say thanks. Thanks. This was yeah. your fault. This is this is all your fault. What I'm doing right now. You've had such a quiet day, and that's the other thing I'm not supposed to say yeah. that they get you. Yeah. Has it been busy? And you're like, no. And then you make you know 30 runs later. Yeah, that's right. Right. Well, Justin, man, thanks for the time, and thanks for oh, thank you. This. It's uh, this was this was fun. You know, it's just neat because uh, every story is different, and um, your and I's stories are similar in a lot of ways. That you know, I didn't have some moment where the light shone on me. I didn't used to make meth in the basement. You know, <laughs> right. like um, I slowly conned Leslie into marrying me, and God has been entirely too good to me. Uh, but one one of the things that I think people need to hear is that every story is is different, and it gives you a different perspective. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you've ever spent time just to sit and think how many people are alive today because of what God has done through you. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. I never even, you know what? I've never thought of that. I didn't think you would have because I, you're not the type it would. I never, never even, that's never even crossed my mind. But I'm, and I know it'd be impossible to know, but you think with every dose of Narcan you've given or every time you've pulled out the AD or every... Mm-hmm person you cut out of a car that was on fire that if you had been 90 seconds later I mean there are no doubt thousands of people who the reason they're living and breathing in today is because God sent you and that's pretty incredible yeah that's uh it's humbling you know like I, I'm I'm blessed to have uh, my health and to, to to do something like that you know yeah uh, that gift I've never really, I guess I'm I kind of lost for words right now yeah. because I've never really thought of it like that. Well, you know, it's just, it's just, it just, it just becomes, it just, it's just a sec, it's just a job, you know, it's just, yeah. it's a second nature. It's just what I got trained to do. So pretty cool uh, job. It's, you know. it's a pretty cool job sometimes. Sometimes. So sometimes. Sometimes. So what's the one thing I can do that really ticks off the fire department most? Is that like, you know, don't pull to the right. Oh, get out of the way. Yeah. They yeah. just get out of the way and pull to the right. Well, yeah. Most people just lock down in the middle of the road and they think, well, you know, like fire truck going 70 miles an hour is going to just go right around me. It's so just, just move to one side. They really should let y'all put like cow catchers on the front of those I things. I completely agree. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Mad Max. It'd yeah. just be great. The dash cam footage would be awesome. Oh, yes, it would. Yeah. <laughs> then they have to have a second truck following you for all yeah. the things right. that they get created. Well, Justin, thanks for your time and friends. Thanks so much for listening to us today. Um, and I just hope that this is a little reminder of the ways that God is at work in your stories. Until then, uh, until next time, I can't wait to hear what God's up to in your story. Thanks for listening to Rough Drafts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review. Until next time, let's keep looking for how God writes his love into our stories.